you know, I intended to, by the way, thank you for the warm welcome so far. And I look forward to a lot more exciting things. You know, I came here intending to bless you, but it seems like you're blessing me more than I'm intending to bless you. No, no, no wonder, the, you know, the Patriarch loves coming here. Did you know that? Did you know the Patriarch, Bishop, uh, Craig Bates loves coming here? Did you know that? He, he, all, he misses you. Every time he comes back from here, he says stories, tells stories about you and how that he's blessed coming here too. And I can see that for myself. Now, today, Let me see. Today God will speak. You believe that? Um, the other day, this happens, has been happening for, you know, often, lately. I, I, I awake. I awake in the middle of the night. This last week or so, I awoke at, at 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I didn't go back to sleep anymore, that, not that I remember. But I knew why I, I awoke. God woke me up. He wanted to speak to me. In fact, you know what? It was your bishop, Bishop Dick. Uh, one time he was in Manila. He told us that, he prophesied it. He said, you know, expect to be awakened in the middle of the night because God wants to speak to you. And he, he did that to me. He has been doing that to me. And he woke me at 2 a.m. Uh, just just the other the other day, and we had we had a heart to heart talk. We had a heart to heart talk. He, when I say heart to heart, I mean I mean literally and figuratively. Literally because I kept my mouth shut. I I did not speak. And I listened to him, and I spoke to him just through my heart and through my mind. But the thing, the thing is this, and prayer should be this. Prayer should be 95%. I don't know if you understand this, uh, all of you, but Deacon Hines would know this. 95% uploading. 5%, I mean, uh, downloading, not 5% uploading. You understand what I mean? It should be 95% listening to God, getting the things He wants to impart to us, and 5% just saying things to Him. Not that we have nothing to say to Him, but you know what? If you're like me, many times your prayer would be Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Right? Lord, give me this, give me that. You're single, you're female. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've prayed this. Lord, give me a, a, a tall, dark, and handsome boyfriend. Right? If you're a single male, Lord, give me tall, not dark, white, with a pointed nose, yellow skin, Long legs, shape of a Coke bottle, right? You understand? Come on, you understand what I'm saying, right? That those are our prayers. 
many times. But God has a lot to impart to us, a lot. And we need to be listening. Sometimes He wants to say things to us to bless us for our sake. But we, we interrupt Him with our many, many magnified problems, which really are, if we just listen to Him, really are nothing. Really will be melting in the presence of God if we just look Him in the eye and communicate with Him through our hearts. That's what would happen if we download 95% and upload 5% only. Because God will speak. And today, today God will speak. Now, I've said that before. And somebody, somebody confronted me and said, Oh, you mean God speaks to you, through you? That you're a superstar? That you're the chosen one? Because God will speak through you. How sure are you that God will speak through you? I'm pretty sure. You know why? Not because I'm special, but because you're special. The focus should not be on the mouthpiece. The focus should be on the message of God that he wants to speak to you. Because he loves you. doesn't matter who he uses. Because he uses a donkey. Right? He would use stones. Not because they're great or their voice is, is loud and clear and they have used eloquent words, but because he has a message for you, his beloved children. So listen. Don't focus on the mouthpiece, focus on the message. God has something to speak to us. And it's for our benefit and for our growth. So listen. Poke the person beside you and tell them, listen. God is speaking. Not that guy in front. God is speaking. Okay? Choose life. Listen. 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 You know, I pray for whoever the, is the gospel proclaimer, and I have a standard prayer for them, just my own. And I, I simply pray, bless the lips of your servant, Lord, that he may speak to us words of eternal life. And I pray that for myself too, for giving the homily, because it's the word of God for you. Not as much through a person, but for you and to you. St. Paul speaks in the New Testament reading, today and uh, from uh, last week also, about a, a wisdom that that is not of this age, not of this world, not of the, the system of the world, nor its rulers, because they don't understand things of God. They don't understand the wisdom of God. He said, otherwise, they would not have crucified Jesus. They don't understand the wisdom from above. And he said in the reading last week that a natural man does not have the spirit of God to understand the things of God. Truth of the matter is, God gives us his spirit to all of us. Many times, even baptized Christians do this. Many times we don't yield to the spirit. And so, and so, we reject his wisdom and we use our own wisdom. And when we do that, we won't understand the things of God. We will be blinded if we do that to the things of God. And we wouldn't understand that. 
his things. No matter, you know, it doesn't matter if you have initials attached at the end of your name. MD, you know, PhD, DD, you know, DMD, DVD, you know, STD. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The wisdom of God comes through His Spirit. We yield ourselves to His Spirit, then we will understand the things of God. Otherwise, things of God will be foolishness to us, like it is to the world, because they don't yield themselves to the Spirit of God. Not that we're better than them. That's not the point. Not the point at all. Not that we're better than them, but we realize we have received the grace of God and our attitude should be thankful. We should be thankful of God's grace, that we have the mind of Christ. By his doing, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse 30 says, By his doing, we are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom. But not only wisdom, but also Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. But again, our attitude is not arrogance. Because we don't fully understand yet because we're growing still. But we do have the, the mind of Christ and we do have the Holy Spirit. We don't fully understand yet, yet but we continually yield to the Spirit and we continue to grow. So we're in the process of growth. Growing in the knowledge and love of God. You know, in, in, at, in Manila, the cathedral, and for the whole diocese, that's our, there's a mission statement. To know God and to make Him known. So we all grow in the knowledge of God. That's St. Paul's prayer for, for us. To grow in the knowledge of God. Because John 3.17 says this. No, I'm sorry. 17.3. John 17.3 says this. This is eternal life. What is eternal life according to Jesus? To know God the Father and His Son Jesus. That's eternal life. Knowing God. And it's it's a matter of it's a matter of not letting the grace of God sit idly in us. Our attitude should be like St. Paul, we press on toward the goal of perfection which we see in Jesus Christ, and we grow in that perfection. And so what do we do for our part? What do we do? We clean our hands when we purify our hearts, Psalmist said, for fullness of life, so that we can grow in, in God, so that we can have a clearer vision of who he is, and we can know him more. Uh, theologians call it a, a beatific vision, you know, a, a holy vision, just like, just like maybe uh, similar to what the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration experienced. They saw Jesus in all his splendor and glory, right? Remember that? My question is this. Was that glory of Jesus only momentary on the Mount of Transfiguration? I mean, 
Wasn't he glorious at other times? Only on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's good all the time. He's glorious all the time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Why did the disciples especially saw his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration? Not because Jesus did not have that at other times, but because they had a clear vision at that instant. God gave the grace of the vision to them. And that's our goal, to have that clear vision of who Jesus is, because if we achieve that, when we achieve that, then we will see him constantly like the disciples saw him on Mount Transfiguration. You understand what I'm saying? It's not, you know, we sang that earlier, God is good all the time. But sometimes, correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes we see his goodness. Sometimes we question his goodness, right? When we go through trials, we question sometimes God's goodness, or we don't see his goodness. We ask, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you allow it to happen? God is good all the time. It is us who sometimes see that and sometimes don't. But if we have a clear vision and we grow in it, all the more we see his goodness. Even if we go through what we would call trials and, and tribulations and bad things, we would always see the goodness of God. Because God turns all things to good. It's our sin, it's our lack of faith, it's our dirty hands, it's our impure hearts, it's our magnifying our problems that sometimes blur, sometimes cloud our vision of God. It's not because he's not glorious, it's not because he's not good, but sometimes we put things between us and him, and those things block and cloud our vision of him. We shouldn't do that. Get the attention of the person beside you and tell them, you shouldn't do that. For your own sake, for your own sake. Psalm 40 says, God's good, I, I would like to read that. God's goodness is always there. I would like to point that out. In verse 11 and 12, this is what it says. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to see. In my, uh, I, is that NIV? I use NASB. It says, God's compassion is continually there, always there. But my iniquities have overtaken me, and I am not able to see that. But the problem is not God withholding his compassion. Remember, God is good all the time. But my iniquities cause me not to see. And my other things that I put in front of God's goodness. Remember the principle Jesus telling uh, the Pharisees when he confronted them? He said to them, you know, you see the speck in your brother's eye. The problem is you have a, something bigger, a lot 
in your own heart. What you need to do is make your vision clear by taking out the log from your eye and then you can see clearly, right? Whatever clouds your vision, remove. Remove what obstructs your sight and your vision. Then when you have a 2020 vision, then you can obey God and His command when He says, Be holy as I am holy. And Jesus told the Pharisees to remove the log from their own eye. He said, so that you can see clearly, more clearly, as to remove the log from your brother, the speck from your brother's eye. Be holy. It starts with that. Be holy as I am holy. What is holy anyway? What is the meaning of holy? Holy means set apart for exclusive use and not necessarily because you're special or more important. That's it. Set apart for exclusive use. This altar, I don't know, is it made of wood? Knock on wood. It's made of wood, okay? No classic wood. Does anybody know? Nara? Plywood, okay, plywood. The wood from that altar, I don't think, came from only one tree. And that one tree is exclu was exclusively used for this altar. I don't think so. Most probably you got that from a lumber supply, right? Okay. And it came from the, sa uh, the same batch from which other things were made. I don't know, cabinets, uh, chairs, and, and other tables, right? But those cabinets and chairs and other tables, they were used, and probably still being used now, for other things. Same batch of lumber this came from, but this is set apart for God's use, for the altar. The others may have been, the others may be, uh, may be used now, I don't know, for majong, sakla, Right? Maybe some ended up as tables in a Shabu laboratory. Who knows? Used for evil. This is for God's exclusive use. Not special, but set apart. Let's say you are you're still with your parents. If you're young, you're still studying. And let's say you have a brother who is in college. Who has afternoon or evening classes? So you used to eat dinner as a family, but now because of the schedule of your your older brother or sister, they they don't join you anymore. They can't join you anymore because the classes are late. So your mother would say, "Okay, this is our ulam, right? Adobo. I will set aside from the same batch." Set aside something for your brother or for your sister. She won't cook something separate for you and something separate for your brother, right? She won't cook something so-so for you and more special for your brother. No, no, no. The same one, one batch of adobo, she will get some portion for your brother exclusively for him. And she will tell you, don't touch this, touch this. 
malilintigan na sa akin. <clears throat> set aside for your brother. Not special, just set aside. Now, am I really talking about altar furniture and wood and lumber and metal and adobo or kare-kare or siligang or kung ano man, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm really talking about us. Because our calling is to be holy. We are set apart. You know, when this altar was finished, it was blessed, prayed over, sprinkled with holy water, and declared holy, and declared will not be used for anything but altar and worship of God. Try playing mahjong here and Bishop Dick will kill you. Right? Not to be used for mahjong or, or sakla. No. For God's use. Not special wood, but set apart. We are flesh and blood, not different from other people, but but God set us apart. Somebody prayed over us, sprinkled us clean, marked us with the cross on our forehead and told us, you are marked as Christ's own forever for Christ's use. So we are not to use our bodies and our lives for things other than God's exclusive use. That's what makes us holy. If we use our, our bodies and our lives for sin, for something else, then we're not being holy. We're violating God's intention for us. St. Paul warned, particularly the men, in, in his letter to the Corinthians. He said, if you present your bodies to be one with a prostitute, then you're violating it. Then you're grieving the Holy Spirit that is in you. Shouldn't be them because you're holy. Not more special, but receive the grace of God and call to be saints. We are saints by calling. Saints by calling, not by earning. No one can earn sainthood. It is a grace bestowed upon the holy people of God. So what we what do we do? We, we let our light shine because we have that call. Because we are the bearer of his light, we're the bearer of his love, we're the bearers of his goodness. And we're not supposed to put our light under a basket or hide. But we are to let our light shine. Epiphany reminds us that, right? Manifest God in the flesh. God in man made manifest. We're not to be hypocrites. You know, I define the word hypocrisy. Not here, but I'll define it here. Uh, to the cathedral in Manila. Hypocrisy is, this is not, this is what hypocrisy is not. Okay? This is what hypocrisy is not. When you smile at people who don't like you, you're not in good terms with, on good terms with, that's not hypocrisy. Okay? You're supposed to love them. You're supposed to love your enemies. You're supposed to bless those who persecute you. When you smile at them, 
That's not hypocrisy. Okay? I'll tell you what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is if you don't smile at them, if you don't love them, if you don't bless them, that's hypocrisy. You know why? Because the divine nature of God is in you. God's love is in you. So you're being a hypocrite if you don't express that love. And that love, to me, is best expressed in loving the people that are the most difficult to love. You have people like that in your life? It's very hard to love, right? Very hard. It's just mm, so hard to love. But I love that. Because the love of God is in me. And the love of God loves enemies. Loves enemies. He makes his rain to shine on the righteous and the wicked alike. But it all starts with clear vision. Today's gospel instructs us not to be angry with our brother. Maybe, maybe we have a right. Maybe it's justified to be angry with our brother. You know, maybe it is. But we need to guard ourselves. You know, last night, Father Andy was talking about anger is different from murder. That's a good kind of anger. But many times, our anger, and Jesus even said this, our anger is not like God's anger, which is holy. You know, his anger is holy. His anger is for the sake of the object of his anger. But our anger, directed to others, has with it, attached to it, vengeance and violence and hate, right? We need to guard ourselves from that. Because he said, you are angry with your brother, you guilty. If you think of something against your brother or wish him ill, you're guilty. If you look at a woman lustfully, you already committed adultery with her in your heart. You know, we just came from Barakai, and there's lots of temptations there. You know that, right? And, and men would say this. I'm sure you've heard this before. Men would say this. Oh, it's okay to look at the menu as long as you eat at home. Understand that? It's okay to look at the menu, but always eat at home. I'm married. I look at the menu. I always eat home. I go home to my wife and I eat at home. Well, Jesus said, guard your heart. Guard your heart. If you have to look at the menu, maybe appreciate God's creatures, right? Right? Appreciate the beauty of his creation, if you can do that. There's a thin line between lust and purity. Guard yourselves from that. We're being reminded. Don't call your brother Raka. Don't call him good for nothing. No, you know, I, I, I confront my children when they call each other stupid or, you know, because it's not right. It's not right. We should not have that attitude toward our brother. Brother, this is talking about brother. All the more you should love your brother. If you're, loved to, you're, you're supposed to love your enemies, how much more your own brother? Right? Love. Love them. 
instead of hating them, instead of being angry with them. Instead, we have to rec not, uh, not recognize them according to the flesh and magnify their weaknesses, but see the inherent and the indelible goodness of God in them. You know, when God created us, Genesis says, Behold, God saw all he created, and behold, it was good. Before good is an adverb. Very good. Why? Because God created us, and God is good. We are a new creation. We are the, the work of God, and we receive the grace of God in each of us. Do not regard or recognize anyone according to the flesh, according to their weakness, but see them as new creatures in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, all these things are from God. He created us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, we are his workmanship. So if we judge one another, guess who or what we're judging? God's workmanship. Not the person, but the creator of the person. So we, we become angry with somebody or, or we judge them or we hate them. We really are directing our hatred, our anger, towards God's creation, toward a reflection of God, toward a, a bearer of his image. Because he is making all things new. We may, you know, once in a while we may display our flesh. Once in a while, we may display our weakness instead of God's goodness and his glory, but like I said, we're in the process of growing and he is in the process of making all things new and restoring all things. Not yet perfect, but we're getting there. We're getting there because God, by his grace, is making all things new and we are to participate in that process and recognize Understand that it takes time, which is why love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not provoked. Love endures all things and bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things. Instead of anger or hate, love even your enemies. You know, that's what the Bible says, right? In the New Testament, in Romans, it says that while we were yet enemies, while we still hated God, He loved us. He died for us. You know, this was take time to, to tell you the story that I concocted in my mind. When, when man sinned, when Adam sinned, there was a scene in heaven. And God the Father turns to Jesus and tells him, well, I, I guess you know what you need to do now. You need to take a bride for yourself. Actually, you already have a bride. And your bride, which is the church, humanity, your bride, I made very beautiful for you. Very good, right? Very good. The creation is very good. But sin, sin made my creation ugly. Made my creation ugly. It it 
sin through the malice of, of the enemy uh, sin marred the beauty of creation the beauty of Jesus bride that's what happened so the once glorious the once beautiful the once good creation has now been violated and uh, you call that um, when you when you spray graffiti, but, but what's the, what's it? Vandalize. Creation has been vandalized. Sa Tagalog, umangit. So what God the Father tells Jesus is, go down to earth. Go down to earth. You, you, need, you need a bride. Go down to earth. What you need to do is, umanap ka ng pangit. That's what he said. That's, that's who we were. We were beautiful, is right, created good, and sin made us pangit. And God the Father tells Jesus, humanap ka ng pangit. After he says that, what did he say? Humanap ka ng pangit at what? Ibigin mong tunay. I challenge the I challenge the single males here. Right? Understand what I'm saying? Humanap, what we what we want is human ako yung pangit, humanap ako ng maganda. Para naman yung mga anak namin, you know, ma-upgrade ng konti. Jesus, the perfect Sinless, beautiful Jesus gives of himself and tells his father, Yes, father, ahanap ako ng pangit at iibigin kong tunay. And this, and this pangit is not just ugly in, in, in appearance, also ugly in heart. Again, single males. Let's just say you found somebody Pangit. Hindi lang pangit yung itsura. Pangit pa yung puso. You love them, they reject you. You know? And you would easily think, ang bihira. Buti nga, niligawan kita. Ako pa yung, ako pa yung re-reject mo. Itong kagampuhan ko na to. But love is patient. Love is kind. Love loves enemies. Ibigin mo tunay. She will hurt you. She will insult you. She will reject you. She will crucify you. She will kill you. Love her anyway. That's love. Ibigin mo tunay. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what he's calling us to do as well. Why? Because his divine nature is in us. Tell the person beside you that the divine nature of God is in you. So instead, instead of being angry with each other, instead of seeing the weaknesses of each other and telling each other, 
you're good for nothing, you're raka or whatever, edify them, build them up, remind them the nature of God is in you, His divine nature is in you. Build them up. That's what we're called to do. Not pull down, build up, not tear down, edify. Now, we won't have time to, to go through all of these, but just maybe if you have a pen, write these. This is your assignment. Read all of these. There's only four scriptures. Uh, edify each other. I don't know if that's in the notes, uh, Father Andy, but uh, Romans chapter 15. There you go. Romans chapter 15, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. That's it. First Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. All talks about building up, edifying, not insulting, not making people feel small, not magnifying their weakness, not seeing them according to their flesh, but seeing them as new creatures. Kasi yung ibang tao, alam ninyo, hindi na kailangan sabihin na ang pangit na ugali mo. Ang ganito pa. Alam na nila yun. What they need to hear is God's grace is in them. What they need to hear is that they can overcome. What they need to hear is encouragement. Not discouragement. Maybe the reason in the first place they turned out to be that way was probably because all they heard was put down and discouragement. Maybe their family, their environment always put them down. Right? Encourage, edify. How do you do that? Be present with them. Just like Jesus did with us. Be present with them, stay with them, and see to it that they stand and you're there until they do. Then they themselves can help others. Be there. Not divorcing, staying. Not rejecting, accepting. Not pushing, embracing. Because that's what love is. Patient, and kind, and proven by staying. It's not provoked. It hopes all things and never, never gives up. Church of St. Michael, that's Christ's higher way. And that's the way it is in the kingdom of our God. Let us all stand up.